This is the Podcasters Club, brought to you by Precision Podcasting. I am your host, Kane Power. This episode, we're talking about hosting. I'm going to give you a quick overview of what it is and how it works. Then, we're going to hear brutally honest and controversial opinions from some of the top podcast hosting companies, including why they think their platforms are the best and all others are worthless piles of dust. I might be exaggerating a bit here. Who knows? You'll have to listen to find out. So, what is podcast hosting? It's pretty much the same thing as web hosting. Podcast hosts are websites that primarily host and distribute your podcast episodes using an RSS feed. You upload your episode, add your artwork, tags, description, etc., and then they send it to podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Although, as we're about to find out, they do much more. But essentially, that's what a podcast host is. How they work is really as simple as the process I just explained. They do their job and you pay them a monthly fee. Some hosting platforms enable free accounts with some limits, and all platforms will have various paid tiers. These tiers are determined based on the number of episodes you release, the length of your episodes, the size of your episodes in megabytes, and the various additional services that each platform offers. So, you pay a monthly or annual fee, upload your episodes to the platform, along with the aforementioned extras, and they ensure your podcast is safely saved and live on the podcast listening platforms of your choice. So essentially it's simple, but dig just a little underneath the surface, and there's a whole host of services modern podcast hosting platforms offer to podcasters. From monetization through sponsorships and ads, through to transcriptions and dedicated podcast websites. Now, rather than me going through all the big podcast hosts and listing prices, services, pros and cons, blah, 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 I thought it would be a great idea to get the platforms themselves to do all that for me. So I reached out to 10 of the biggest hosting platforms, and the three best platforms agreed to be interviewed for this episode. The three wonderful, generous people are Albin Brook from Buzzsprout, Mark Asquith from Captivate, and Justin Jackson from Transistor. Now, these guys are busy people, and accordingly, this took months to put together. And once we were done, there was Christmas and New Year and summer holidays, etc, etc. So it's taken me way too long to create this episode. But I think it's so worth it. I had 10 questions I wanted answered, and my original idea for the episode was to ask a question and then play each guest's short, concise answer before moving on to the next question, and so on. However, as you'll hear, that wouldn't have made any sense. In fact, the greatest thing about the answers I received is how different they are. So rather than my original idea, I'm going to play each interview one after the other, and in the spirit of fairness, it will be in order of interview date. Trust me, it's going to make much more sense this way, and you really get to hear the different styles and personalities of Albin, Mark, and Justin. If you're here for a specific guest or platform, then you'll find timecode links to their interview in the description of this episode. First up, we have Albin Brook from Buzzsprout.
Alvin Brook. I'm the head of marketing at Buzzsprout. I'm a former lawyer turned marketer turned podcaster. What kind of hosting plans does Buzzsprout offer and who are they for? We wanted to make it as easy, especially for non-techie people to get their podcast out there because we're dealing with audio files and editing and recording, let alone coming up with good content and writing. And then all of a sudden at the end, we're supposed to be promoting these episodes. Well, we're not doing our job if we're not taking at least that small piece that we touch, that technical hosting aspect. We're going to make that as dead simple as possible because we don't want to add more to your plate during your podcasting journey. So we just said, hey, we're, all our plans are based off of hours. How many hours of content are you uploading? So we start off with first a free plan. If you're only uploading two hours of content and it's not critical that that content is live on the internet forever, it's maybe only needs to be there for three months at a time, then a free plan works perfectly. So you get access to all the Buzzsprout tools and you can upload some content and in 90 days that content expires. So that works brilliantly for thousands of podcasters who've been with us for years and never paid a dime because that works great for them. Then if you want that backlog to be there forever, your back catalog, and you maybe want some more time, $12 a month is where most people end up. Your podcast episodes are hosted indefinitely and you can upload up to three hours of content and that's where most people stick. If you need more time than that, we've got other tiers all the way up to $24 and if you ever upload more content, it's no big deal. I think you pay like two bucks extra, so it's not it doesn't break the bank. Within these plans, what are your storage capabilities and your bandwidth limits? So I guess the, uh, the thing I probably shouldn't say is that they're not really enforced. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's what happens is like for you to get to where we start getting uncomfortable is you're getting, I don't know, 25,000 downloads per episode we will lose money on accounts long before we actually ask people to move. So our official word is like 500 gigabytes of bandwidth in a month. But even that isn't always even true. And mostly we reach out when it's been a couple months. We're like, hey, you definitely hit a, another level with it. You're already probably monetizing your podcast pretty well. Then we might need to talk about a $50 plan. <laughs> but you know, for most podcasters, really that $12 plan doesn't have any limitations. And if you've been with Buzzsprout for a long time, there's people who have thousands of hours of content hosted because you already paid for that when you uploaded it the first time. You shouldn't have to pay for it on an ongoing basis. You know, you paid once. I don't think it makes sense for you to have to keep paying for that storage every single month. Can you talk a little bit about your analytics features, like what they do and how it can apply to podcasters? Our belief is podcast analytics should be two things. One, actionable. Like you should be able to look at these stats and actually know what to do. It shouldn't just be something you stare at and like keep watching for the next download. Because I mean, if you're on any of these platforms, Google Analytics or YouTube or anything, it's very easy to just become obsessed with watching the stats and not be obsessed with actually producing the content that generates the stats. Uh, so it's got to be actionable. And it also has to be respectful of people's privacy. So basics you can see over time are your episodes doing better 
or worse than the past. So you can kind of see these charts of each episode's growth relative to other episodes. You can see when you're actually getting big peaks of downloads. On a given day, you could see which of my episodes are being downloaded the most. We can see devices. You know, are these am I being played on smart speakers or iPhones? Or maybe are we seeing this all show up on computers? You can see down to the actual apps that are being used. So, oh, Apple Podcasts is actually the largest app I have. And interestingly, CastBox is number two. The other thing that a lot of people look at is location. So what countries, what cities, what areas are actually listening to my podcast? Because if you started seeing a large group of your podcasters in a specific city, maybe you want to do a live event there. Uh, maybe you consider localizing content, like translating it. If a large amount of my listens are in Germany, maybe I should consider translating an episode into German and see if uh, that's actually you know being picked up by people. If more people, if it makes it more accessible to other listeners. So yeah, that's like where we focused our stats. But on the podcast, it's hard for me to show exactly the benefit because all of those stats, the main thing is they need to be easy to understand. They need to be beautiful. They need to be very accessible because you can just get overwhelmed by stats to the point that you don't do anything about it. And so we're, all these charts are to say things like, here are the last 10 episodes. How's this most recent episode performing in relation to those? In the first seven days, how many downloads did it get? Oh, that's actually quite a bit fewer than you did you got in the past, or maybe it's the best episode you ever had. So you, we want you to be able to see these outliers so that you can dig into, oh, that was the episode I promoted on TikTok. That's the episode that I didn't send out in the newsletter. And now I can actually see the effects of those marketing initiatives. Okay. So how does Buzzsprout, the platform itself and the players, how do they integrate with users' websites? There's two different ways. I mean, the basic is I don't have a website. And so we build a beautiful Buzzsprout site for you that you can customize. You can put in different header images and you can change the colors and you can control a lot of the formatting so that you get a site that looks great. Differences about our sites is, you know, we are really, really strict. You know, a lot of my work now is in SEO. And so we're really strict about these sites need to be really good in search results. And then they also need to have uh, another big initiative for Buzzsprout has been transcripts. So if you ever upload transcripts to Buzzsprout, not only are they included in your RSS feed, and link to from everywhere, they're also displayed on your Buzzsprout site. So you can put that on your own domain. It's secured by HTTPS, and they're really good for search. Now, when you're ready to upgrade, let's say I have a podcast, but it's connected to my Shopify account or maybe to a WordPress site. Well, we give you a really simple embed code, and you can just go drop that onto your site, and it allows you to play episodes, read the show notes, click links to subscribe to all of the different directories. And you can make these so they're updatable. This is one that is, I think, really important. You can make a player that always shows the latest episode. You know, maybe you want to put one right on your homepage and say, listen to the podcast. And you don't want to have to go and change that embed code every week. Just you set it up once and forever, if something goes live, that updates automatically. 
what kind of support could your podcasters expect from Buzzsprout and what kind of technical support as, as well? If you go to buzzsprout.com slash support underscore team, these are all live statistics that we publish on our support team. Over the past 30 days, 94% of our ratings have been great. So people have said this is exceptional service. In the past 30 days, we've responded to over 6,000 emails within 18 minutes on average. And we publish that, you know, as the numbers get better or the numbers get worse, that will always be kept up to date. And you can go read thousands of reviews on Trustpilot. We think a big piece of what Buzzsprout does is really three things. One, we've, you know, we started this app in 2009, but later than that, we started realizing what people really needed was much more than just the software. They also needed a lot of education materials. So our entire marketing is really focused around, we have hundreds, and I really mean hundreds of tutorials on YouTube, hundreds of blog posts teaching podcasting concepts, tons of podcast episodes teaching these. You know, that's another pillar of Buzzsprout is just those free education materials. And then the third is support because you will hit questions that you just can't figure out. And sometimes you don't really feel like searching around Google and trying to solve this yourself. You just need someone to say, hey, that's right. Go ahead and move on. And that doesn't work. You know, for a long time, we didn't do weekend support. And we realized a lot of people would get off work on Friday. And that was their time to work on the podcast. So Friday night or Saturday, they'd reach out and we would get back to them on Monday morning. And a lot of times they'd send that email. And by Monday morning, they either figured it out or they'd quit. And it was, they're just like, um, that's too long. So now we do weekend support and we do nights and mornings. And the whole goal is that 18 minutes, that's 24 seven. So a lot of times during the day, it's much faster. And uh, during the nights, it's a bit longer. But the whole goal is we want to make sure we're there for you when you inevitably have these questions that you just need someone experienced in podcasting to help with. I guess just moving on from that support, another way that you could support podcasters is by offering them tools for repurposing or other kind of podcasting services. Is there anything that Buzzsprout do in that capacity? Just making your podcasting simpler, you know, things we're doing, we're automatically optimizing audio files for you. So you can upload a big WAV file and we're going to get it into the right format and the right encoding. We're going to auto level it and make sure that yeah, this episode isn't like way off, you know, way too loud. We're going to, you know, do all the ID3 tagging you should do, which is making sure that MP3 file actually has all the metadata embedded in it. This is stuff that people actually used to do manually forever. I used to see all these tutorials saying, you need to do all this manually. And we were like, that's the kind of stuff machines are good at, not people. Other things that we do, dynamic content. Maybe you want to add content to the front or back of all of your episodes. Once you get to something like I have 70 episodes on one of my shows, you want to say, hey, I'm going to podcast movement next week. I'd love it if you came by and said hi. Well, I don't want to upload that 70 times. Well, now you just say apply this to all my episodes. And in the background, Buzzsprout goes and adds it to all of them for you. And if you want to include links there, to maybe your website or you're talking about a special deal you're doing on your store, you can include links in all of your descriptions. We've really led the industry in improving accessibility with transcripts. This is something we think is really important 
not just for like SEO and making it easier for people to share articles to your podcast, but for accessibility, you don't have to be deaf to want a transcript. Yeah, so you can upload your audio and say, hey, go ahead and transcribe this for me. Uh, we also have a partnership with otter.ai, so you can upload your otter files directly to us. You can also give us things like SRT files, and we will take those. However you want to create the transcripts, we can take them. We also put a link to that transcript in your RSS feed so that players like Podcast Addict can actually show that transcript in the app while you're playing the episode. So think of how it looks when you're listening to music and you pull up the lyrics. That's what people can experience when listening to your podcast. And then that transcript is also automatically going to your Buzzsprout site so that Google can see it. And if someone were to search, I know I heard something and Albin was on a podcast and he mentioned this and maybe it was on that episode with Kane, maybe it was with someone else. Well, you can just search it. And now I've found that episode really easily because there's that full, rich transcript. I guess the biggest other thing that we do is the visual sound bites for repurposing. A lot of advice is around, hey, you need to get your podcast on social media to take advantage of those algorithms to grow the shows. Well, you get like seven times as much engagement if there's a video. So think of like what Headliner creates. Buzzsprout has a visual soundbite audiogram tool built into Buzzsprout. So you can grab that 30-second clip. You can brand a player, include a waveform on it. And it's very clear, hey, this is an audio file for you to listen to. And those get so much more engagement. Monetization. Does Buzzsprout offer anything in that field? So we have a partnership with Podcorn to help you set up podcast sponsorships. We have a way for you to sign up through our affiliate marketplace to instantly get approved with a lot of products so that you can add those into your podcast. Not any of those do we take a cut of. And you can do the dynamic content. So you can drop podcast ads into your episodes so that they're played and you can track how many times they've been played so that you can report back to your podcast advertisers how many times these episode ads have been you know, listened to and uh, you can price accordingly. Too easy. Okay, so, and finally, why should podcasters go with Buzzsprout over other platforms? And you can be entirely honest here. <laughs> the main benefit for Buzzsprout is if you're an indie creator. You know, if you've got a giant team, it probably doesn't matter where you end up because uh, you might want to end up with a person who's going to do the most handholding and is charging you the highest amount so that you can get as much of that as you need. With Buzzsprout, we're really focused on the indie creators, two people trying to start a podcast themselves, and they probably have day jobs. And we're trying to make it as easy as possible for you to have this one-stop shop where you can do everything you need with your podcast. And you don't have to go cobble together three or four different tools to make a solution. That's why we're so focused on that community aspect, why we focus on creating tons of content, having a quick response team, because we know we are probably your podcast team. And that's how we view ourselves. So if that's what you're looking for, uh, we want Buzzsprout to be the strongest solution. If you're looking for private podcasting or subscriptions or maybe a big ads team, um, there's probably other hosts you'd be better served with. 
A huge thank you to Albin Brook from Buzzsprout for agreeing to be part of this episode. You can check out Buzzsprout at buzzsprout.com. Next up, we have Mark Asquith from Captivate. Take it away, Mark. My name is Mark Asquith. I'm CEO and co-founder of Captivate.fm, the world's only growth-oriented podcast hosting platform. We work with tens of thousands of podcasts from independent creators up to large networks. And I mean, we've seen a heck of a lot in podcasting. I've been working in podcasting now for nearly 10 years and, and before it got trendy again, I think. I mean, we've seen a lot. We do a lot. You know, we made you on educating the independent podcast on, on, on creating diverse and multiple ways of monetizing and growing their audience. And that's what we do at Captivate. What kind of hosting plans do you offer and kind of who are you targeting with your plans? I think for us, it's very important that we help the serious creator. You know, there are so many podcast hosting platforms that offer free, that will have models that will entice you and really focus on the financial aspects of just making podcasting cheap, which is all well and good. You know, that's, that's all fine. That's not what we do. You know, we are for the serious creator that really wants to work with not only a platform, like the hosting part of being a hosting company is sort of the easy bit. It's like the talking bit of being a podcaster is sort of the thing that you've just got to do. And so the hosting part of being a hosting platform is kind of the given. So Captivate really focuses on doing so much more. You know, everything from our growth labs, which is our our education academy, which, which I suppose teaches you the things that no one told you that you needed to succeed. It's not an offshoot. It's not a value add, like it's a directly built into Captivate area with free courses, free workshops, free masterminds from, not from me, uh, you can get that on my Twitter. This is from people that are far better than me. This is from Heather Osgood teaching you how to get your sponsors. This is from Gav Bell teaching you how to use Facebook to grow your audience. We really do put a focus on on making sure that you know how to grow your audience. So if you're a serious creator, you know, if you start with the intent of genuinely putting some work in, we can make sure that that bit of work that you put in is amplified. And we also do that through the feature set as well. We have a range of features that no one else has. Like we release features faster, more frequently than any other podcast hosting platform. And each one of them, someone said it yesterday on my Twitter, uh, we released our new player and, 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 and someone commented and just said, this is just Captivate releases things that podcasters want because they're in the trenches. And that's because, you know, I run three podcasts. Gaz, who's the head of design, he runs three podcasts. We all run podcasts. So everything from our single promo link, our one-click sponsor kit, which is an automated pitch deck for for gaining your first sponsor, right through to our guest booking platform, our dynamic content insertion tools, and even things like we brought network capabilities and cross-promotional feed drops to every creator. So it's not, you don't have to be on a crazy enterprise plan. Every serious creator can do what they need to do. That's the MO. That's where we stand out. And sure, we're not going to be right for everyone. Captivate is for the person that comes along and says, look, I'm not a podcaster. I'm a creator, I'm an audio influencer, I'm a brand. And it just so happens that podcasting is the center of of what I do. Captivate is the place for those people. You're kind of blowing my questions out of the water, which is amazing. I appreciate it. Oh, sorry. No, 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 don't. I I really appreciate it. This is wicked. Um, Tell me about the growth labs. Kieran and I, who who founded Captivate, we've got a a massive experience doing things. You know, I've, I've been in business for myself since 2003, 2004. So I've kind of got this range of things. So is Kieran, so are the rest of the team. So when we started podcasting, and in particular, when we started, you know, building Captivate, we started 
noticing. Podcasters knew how to podcast. You always hear this, you know, online. It's, well, the barrier to entry has never been lower. Well, that's cool. Like the barrier to building a house has never been lower, but I'm, I, I don't know how to do it. What we noticed was that we had all this business experience, all this experience in, in marketing and strategic kind of approaches to things and product development, product design that could all be transposed into podcasting. So that was kind of one angle. Then the other angle was that we saw a lot of entrepreneurial gurus kicking into the space, which there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of them don't do podcasting for a living. A lot of them do podcasting as a content piece. They do a little bit of podcasting and then try and sell courses on podcasting. So we were getting people like coming up to us at conferences and saying, oh yeah, I just bought this course and I just feel like I've been ripped off. I've not really learned anything. So we created the Growth Labs in response to that. You know, we can overlay a lot of our knowledge that we have, but also we've got a massive network. You know, we've been doing this for a long time now. We've got people that are smarter than us that we know. And we can say, well, look, people need to know about how to get the first sponsor. Captivate has a single click sponsor deck that we can give you that auto generates from the platform. But actually, let's bring Heather on because this is what she does every day. Or let's bring Amy on to talk about from Content 10X to talk about repurposing or Jordan um, from the John Harbin show to talk about interviewing and, and, and techniques around growth and cross promotion or the Squadcast guys to talk about how to do the best remote interviews. So we just thought, well, do you know what? We'll put the growth labs together and we'll give it away for free. So that's what that is. I love doing it as well. It's really cool. I get to kind of whack lyrical about things with, with people that are smarter than me. I mean, it sounds like Captivate, the hosting platform side of things is almost the uh, least of the consideration. I think the hosting part, if you think about what hosting is, you know, it's, it's taking audio, putting it in a place that is really safe and will never go down with all the redundancies, generating an RSS feed and then measuring what comes from the RSS feed. Like that's what hosting is. Captivate works much more as a podcast management system. It works much more as a growth platform. It works much more as, as your technical partner in your podcasting endeavors. It's not so much about the hosting. It just so happens that because we're a host, we can control a lot of the data and connect to a lot of the data points. So a great example of this is that you have to be a great host and there are no bad hosts. Like it's really hard to be a bad host. If you put a website up saying I can host, if you can't, people are going to find out pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you log in, something breaks, someone's going to go, that's not hosting, see you later. You know, and it's happened. We've seen it before. So for me, a host is much more about saying, actually, it's our job to connect the dots. It's our job to give you the things that you didn't know you needed, not just knowledge-based, but technically-based. So as, you know, as a great example of this, let's assume that you're a podcaster that uses WordPress for your podcast. Nothing wrong with that. WordPress is a solid solution for many, many things, but it's not a dedicated hosting platform. It's not dedicated to being great at podcasting. So you're cobbling bits together. And one of the things you're cobbling together is you might be using something like Pretty Links or even something like Chartable, which is great. You know, Dave and the guys are great. But you're using a tool to track your links and the efficacy of the links that you're putting out in your podcast. Well, wouldn't it be better if that was first party hosted by your hosting platform so that you could actually connect the action to the reaction, the link to the result, which you can't do if you're third party. So Captivate created our single attribution links and our, our attribution links within the platform, which they're nothing revolutionary except for one piece. They can now talk to your data elsewhere in your podcast because we don't need to sweat a thousand integrations. We don't need to start hammering the industry for every host to integrate. 
it's less of the shotgun approach and it's more of that really targeted sniper rifle look that if I was going to do one thing to make Kane's life better as a podcaster, what would it be? And does he even know that he needs it? A great example of this is the, the one-click sponsor kit. It's a beautifully designed single-page PDF document that summarizes everything, designs itself to your brand colors from your cover art, summarizes your avatar and your podcast, your release schedule, your downloads over the, the average download ranges that we give you. And suddenly people are saying, well, why the heck, why has no one done this before? And you think, well, do you know what they have? You, the podcaster, have done this a thousand times in Canva or Google Docs, or you've done it in Microsoft Word or Excel or whatever thing you've cobbled together. The difference is none of the hosts have taken your hand and said, you know what, we'll sort this for you. I think that's the difference. It's like I said, you know, I think to be a hosting company in 2021, the hosting is the easy bit. You know, if a plumber turns up to your house and the most basic part of the job, the plumbing, he can't do, like he's just not a plumber. So you shouldn't applaud the plumber for being a plumber. You applaud the plumber for turning up on time and giving you a great experience and making sure that everything was tidy afterwards and that he talked to your kids and your dog in a way that you'd want him to talk to your kids and your dog and that he doesn't park on your grass. And so it's, it's not about the delivery of the thing. Because to get the phone call to come and do the job, you should be able to deliver the thing. And it's the same for hosting. So at least that's our mentality. Okay, so in terms of that experience that you're providing your customers, what could they expect? So if someone joins up to Captivate tomorrow and and starts going through your stuff, are they going to be talking to actual people as a sort of online pre-recorded resources? Are there webinars? What's the journey that you'd take well, everything's very personal. You know, I, I hate the label CEO. Like, I think, I think it's ridiculous. Like, I'm just the guy that started the business and happened to run it. So you're going to get a lot of me. We do masterminds every month, you know, live sessions. We do a lot of live streams over on YouTube. We know a lot of our users very, very personally. We employ some of our users. And you're going to get a very, very personal experience around, actually, let's get you started on Captivate. Let's get you to a level where you're podcasting and you're consistently podcasting and you feel comfortable with that. But then let's figure out what you want. Come along to the live sessions. Tell us what content you need. Tell us what features you need. Even through our spotlights, we do a lot of promotion. So we work really closely with people like Amazon and Geosavan. When you launch a podcast on Captivate, you're invited to submit your show to our press center because we work with all these outlets on recommendations. So if someone comes to us and says, can you recommend all these, you know, four podcasts to celebrate, uh, you know, whatever, International Women's Day, we're like, well, yeah, of course. Here are not just four that we like, but here are four of our users doing great work. Put them in front of your audience at Amazon or at Geosavon or at Spotify or whatever. So it it really is a a pretty collaborative approach. You know, we get a lot of people saying, wouldn't it be nice if we could have this feature? More often than not, they will get surprised with that feature within a couple of weeks because we move really quickly. Because I think in all startups, it's easy or in all businesses, in all hosting companies, it's easy to be the expert. I don't think people want experts. I think they want expertise from people. There's a very subtle difference with that. The experts can deliver something very one way. Whereas if you have the expertise and you're a human, you can be agile enough to actually help. And, I th- and that's, again, it's, a, it's only a very subtle line, but that's the kind of demarcation between what we do and how we do it versus you know what some other people might might do. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm just kind of scrolling down your website, having a look at the features and pricing. You have three tiers, 
and they're all very, very much the same in terms of what features you get. There's just a few limits. That's the important distinction as well with Captivate is that we pushed a lot of people. So we, we saw this pricing model. There's a couple of hosts doing this sort of pricing model where it's downloads based because we, we only pay for bandwidth as a hosting platform, bandwidth and fixed costs, mm. you know? So CDN costs, which is how much bandwidth we use as a business and then fixed costs, staffing and, you know, whatever. So for me, it was unfair to do two things. Number one, it was unfair for us to charge for things that were kind of old school. So, you know, there are some hosts that charge for storage or the number of RSS feeds or podcasts you can charge for. And we looked at that and we were like, we don't really like that idea because it stifles creativity. So we, don't, we didn't think that was fair. The second thing that we've done that's pushed a lot of people, even people that had the same pricing model as, as us before we launched our pricing model, we've even forced some of those to change their approach recently. Because instead of saying, well, look, you can have unlimited podcasts, you can, we'll just vary the downloads and so on, you know, because that's all about creativity. And if, if you get, if you get bigger, you will be monetizing. And so we will be paying a little bit more for the bandwidth. You can essentially pay that cost and we'll, we'll, we'll all scale together. Mm. So that's a really fair way of doing it. What we actually did to go much further than that was we said, you know what, I don't want the independent creator getting 2,000 downloads a month to feel like they are less than the person getting 150,000 downloads a month. So why should they not have access to the best features just because we want to tear them up? So there's a great example of that. One of our competitors, great company, great people. They had private podcasting on their tiers, but it was only at a certain plan. It was a little bit higher up. You had to pay more for it. When we launched it, we, well, we relaunched it. We actually launched... Uh, private podcasting in like 2015, but we relaunched it with Captivate. We said, you know what? Everyone can have it because why should that person that's just started, but he's still very serious about what they do. Why should they suffer just because we think it's a really cool trick to make someone pay for it, to tier people up, you know, to, to have a, a software as a service tactic. Why should you suffer because we think it's a cool tactic that we read in a book? It's ridiculous. So instead we launched it to everyone. We did the same thing with the network features. And the only thing that we, that we did restrict, a very major restriction, is the fact that you can't resell Captivate to your clients if you're a production company or a, a production agency reselling it. You've got to be on the business plan because you're making, you know, you can resell that at whatever you want. So let's just all be fair to each other. And that, like so many people are really surprised about it, which I get because we're adding more and more to this. And someone, someone articulated it really well on Reddit last week. I was on Reddit doing what I do and... And someone said, you know, who would you recommend? X, Y, Z, ABC or Captivate? And there was obviously an even spread, but someone said, we want to Captivate because even though it's not five bucks a month or free, everything that they include, much of that stuff, and this is only going to get better, much of that stuff, you have to pay extra for anywhere elsewhere. So the second you start with Captivate, you end up saving money. So, and, and they articulated that like better than I ever could, which is actually pretty terrifying, but it, that's, again, that's sort of been our mantra, you know? Yeah. We've only got two remits. We either save you time and money, which will give you time and money to grow your podcast, or we will actively give you things that will help you to grow your podcast. Like any feature that we release has been run through one of those checks. Does it do this? Does it save time and money? Because if so, both of those resources can go back into the growth or... Is it a physical tool like the single promotion link or like the attribution links or the single click sponsor deck? Is it a thing that will actually help you to grow? So that, again, that's just how we approach things. 
In terms of monetization for people, is there anything that Captivate offers to help people monetize it? I mean, you're offering quite a, a few resources and quite a bit of training to help people kind of get where they need to be. But is there anything directly can people monetize through the platform? Yeah, so we've actually got, uh, this is our next quarter set of releases. So we've got Amy, uh, Audio Mastering and Integration Engine, which is is all about monetization, all about dynamic content. You know, what we're doing is taking not just basic dynamic content, not just a pre and a post role and, and, and some simplistic stuff. You know, we are taking real enterprise grade, high quality monetization technology that we've built and applying it again, you know, that logic that I talked about earlier giving it to every podcaster, applying it to every podcaster. That's number one. We've got a lot more around monetization as well that we're launching this month and over the next couple of months up to Christmas, very much around our remit being multiple and diverse ways of monetization. Okay, so whether that's, you know, some kind of content that you want to monetize or whether that is other ways of monetizing. Uh, I don't want to say too much because some of them are quite innovative, but our goal is to give you diversity. Okay, because I tell you what, like what most people do, they will go, right, do you know what? Come and host with us because we've got whatever, dynamic content insertion, dynamic ad insertion. You will get sponsors. You can monetize in that way. And when you actually look at what's going on, there's no chance that you're paying your bills with that. It's not enough. As the independent podcaster that makes up 90% of the podcasting market, your numbers are simply not big enough. And there's nothing wrong with that. But why don't we not just do that and tick a box on a feature list? Why don't we actually think about it? If we can give you 10 ways to make 10 bucks, I'd rather do that than give you one way to make 100 bucks. Because then, if you lose two of those things or three of those things, guess what? The rug is still there. You, no one's pulled that out from underneath you. That's awesome. Okay, Mark, last question, mate. Everything you've said is a convincing argument on why podcasters should uh, choose Captivate over other platforms. But in your own words, if you put up against other platforms, why do you think that podcasters should go with Captivate over anyone else? Well, I think there's a few different ways to look at that one. I think it's not about why they should. I think it's about finding the fit. There are no bad podcast hosting platforms. You know, you've got Kevin, Tom and Alban and the guys at Buzzsprout all doing great work for their people. You've got Justin and John doing good work at Transistor for their people. You've got Libsyn doing good work for their people. There is no bad hosting platform out there. Like I said earlier, it's impossible. But there are no bad restaurants out there unless, you know, TripAdvisor says there are. There are no bad bars out there. There are no bad movies out there. I mean, there are some bad movies, but objectively speaking, there aren't that many in the grand scheme of things. It's just about what you like and what you get on with the most. So for me, it's not about why should they use Captivate. It's about, do I know how to assess what I want from my podcast? If I am really focused on putting the work in and reaping the rewards, then Captivate, you should probably kick the tires on. If you're adding podcasting just you know to a, a broad range of content that you do because you're an online entrepreneur and you just want to repurpose and stick it up somewhere, just use Anchor. Right? It's free. Why bother paying? It's different approaches. So I don't want to, like I will never, if you if, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see I never get into that we are better than anyone else like a lot of the old hosting companies do. Yeah. Because <laughs> like that, there is no need for that. Like my job is if every hosting platform delivers great service, then all podcasters succeed, more podcasters enter the mix. And guess what? We can all enjoy a holiday with our kids every year. 
you know, because we've all done good work. So that's what we're here for, you know, and, and, and so just find something that fits for you. That would be my answer. And I know that's, you know, that's probably not the users because we're the best, but, you know, that's not our game. Thank you so much to Mark Asquith from Captivate for agreeing to be part of this episode. As you heard, he kind of just threw out the format of my questions, but I think that's a testament to Mark and the style in which he leads Captivate. You can check out Captivate at captivate.fm. Finally, we have Justin Jackson from Transistor, who wasn't able to do the interview in person and then hilariously used an automated voice to pose him my questions. All except one, which I'll fill in with my best robot voice. Over to you, Justin. What kind of hosting plans do you offer and who are they for? Transistor is podcast hosting and analytics. We have three main plans, a starter plan, a professional plan, and a business plan. About 80% of our customers are independent creators, makers, podcasters, and about 20% of our customers are businesses, organizations, and government agencies. What are your storage capabilities and bandwidth limits? Every plan on Transistor includes the ability to start and host unlimited podcasts. We don't charge you for creating additional podcasts, additional shows, or additional feeds. In addition, we have unlimited storage and unlimited uploads. The only limit is the number of downloads or plays you get per month. Currently, any plays or streams you get on Spotify are free and are not included against your total downloads for the month. What are some of your analytics features? We've had many customers switch to Transistor just to get our in-depth analytics. We'll show you average of downloads per episode, your most popular episodes, and you can filter by popularity, what podcast listening apps people are using, where your listeners live, and we'll also give you individual episode breakdowns so you can compare the performance of a specific episode against a past episode. You can also download detailed CSV files, which you can open in Excel and Google Sheets. How does your platform and players integrate with users' websites? We have a really nice embeddable player you can use. This includes a most recent episode widget, so you could embed your most recent episode on your website, as well as a playlist widget, which will list all of your episodes, and the ability to embed individual episodes. What kind of customer and technical support do you offer? Transistor is one of the only podcast hosting providers that offers 24-7 live chat support and email support. If you look at our reviews, it's one of the top reasons people switch to us. We have folks all over the globe who are there to answer your questions as quickly as possible. Do you offer any additional services for podcasters? Yes, we have features that other providers charge a lot of money for, but we wanted to make affordable for the average user. This includes dynamic audio insertion, also called dynamic ad insertion, which allows you to automatically insert pre-roll, mid-roll, and post-roll audio clips into all of your episodes. People use these to run ad campaigns, to make announcements so that you can have a current announcement on old podcast episodes. 
And we also give folks the ability to dynamically insert text and links into their show notes, either before the current show notes or after the current show notes. In addition, we have one of the best private podcasting features on the market. It allows you to invite people or add people to your private podcast list, and they will get a unique RSS feed that's just for them, a unique landing page, and a email sequence that will onboard them and help them add that private podcast feed to their podcast player. We're also the only provider that will send email notifications to your private subscribers every time you publish a new episode. Does your platform have a monetization option? What's great about Transistor is we allow you to run your own monetization program. So you can use our dynamic ads and sell your own ads instead of giving away 30 to 70% of your ad revenue. We also allow you to post links to your Patreon or other donation links. We have customers who are monetizing their show through online memberships, ads, and Patreon donations. And we make all of that really easy to run your own program and keep most of that revenue as the creator. What are your pricing tiers? You can see all of our pricing at transistor.fm slash pricing. The starter plan is $19 per month. The professional plan is $49 a month. And the business plan is $99 per month. You can also sign up for our yearly plans and get two months free. So the starter plan, for example, is $190 a year. The professional plan is $490. And the business plan is $990 per year. Again, all of these accounts give you access to unlimited podcasts. You can create as many as you'd like. You can invite team members or users to each of those podcasts. So if you want to run a podcast network, you can do that starting at $19 per month. You can also start private podcasts on the starter plan. So if you want to experiment with that, try creating member-only podcasts. You can do that on the starter plan. And... You can also have a basic website on the starter plan. Why should podcasters use your platform over others? Most customers choose us, whether they're creating a podcast for the first time or switching from another platform, for these reasons. Number one, to save money. You can host all your podcasts on one account. We don't charge you for creating new shows. We have excellent 24-7 customer support advanced podcast analytics, the most affordable dynamic ad insertion available, the most affordable private podcast feature available, and lots of integrations like Descript, Zapier, etc. Thank you to Justin for taking the time to make that recording and be a part of this episode. You can find Transistor at Transistor.fm. So there you have it. Three different hosting platforms with three very different styles, approaches, and offerings for podcasters. I hope you take the time to have a look at each platform and make a decision based on your podcasting needs. I once again want to thank Albin, Mark, and Justin for being so generous with their time and for being the kind of people who agree to speak with such a small-time podcaster as myself. I am appreciative and humbled. If you have any questions for any of the guests or for myself, don't hesitate to reach out via precisionpodcasting.com. 
you can email me at kane at precisionpodcasting.com or get in touch with any of the guests via their websites, links to which you'll find in the show notes. Happy podcasting. Till next time. This podcast was created by Precision Podcasting. We make podcasts sound better. For more about what we do, resources on podcasting, and if you'd like to get in touch, visit precisionpodcasting.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash podcasting. Yes, that's spelled the way it sounds. If you'd like to hear more episodes, make sure to hit subscribe. Thanks for listening. <laughs>